Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What is going on, Av Youth? Welcome back for another episode of Av Youth The Rewind. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been three weeks. Since the last rewind, it's been a cool minute. I feel like it's actually been a month since the last rewind. It kind of feels like that. It's pretty much one more. It's been it's, give it another week. It's been a while. You no, know, maybe we should make it a month. Give it another week. We're gonna start posting these every month. I'm just kidding. No, we're not doing that. Um, but we're excited to be having another episode with you guys today. I want you guys to meet. If you guys did not meet him already, I'm sure you guys did. But we uploaded a video yesterday on both podcast and YouTube. Of David Clute, the one and only student leader, David Clute, soon yes, to be adult leader as he gets older. He's about to graduate. I know. It's crazy. It's blowing my mind. I mean, like, it's still, I still, I still struggle to like comprehend that I'm 18 now. But like the fact that I'm only one semester to go and I'm technically done with all the school I need to, it's crazy. Feels it's good, crazy huh? to me. Oh, it feels great. <laughs> but it, it's it's possibly like. It's great and it sucks because I'm like, I know I'm so close, but at the same time, I know I'm so close. So it's like, uh, I don't want to do it. You're just getting mad senioritis? Oh, heavy, heavy now. Because <laughs> I've already like, I'm not going to give uh, this last semester to my colleges because the the grade book and all that will all be closed. So legitimately like- They don't look at this one? Mm-mm. Not, not really. They normally only look at the first semester. See, I never got to new. I get never got to know that. Want to know why? Because I already failed first semester, so it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> I was already done. Yeah, it it, it depends, but um, I think it's optional if you want to give them uh, it or not. But the colleges that I've asked for are only asked for the first semesters of senior year. So just because they only ask for it, does that mean that they don't want it, or it like well, how does that work? Well, so if you were to get a C, would you still get accepted? to cbu more than I, likely your gpa is fine, i think but. it would be like if you're on the borderline then probably mm-hmm. but i think you should already like have all your classes what if you got selected. straight f's well then you wouldn't graduate would the college still accept you maybe if i because well, they, they don't look at the well, last semester well i mean at that point i'm worrying about graduating college <laughs> i mean high school <laughs> i'm worried about graduating high school because I mean, there's still classes that I have to, like, pass, but... Nah, I'm just kidding. Don't but, yeah, you should, like... I think by the end of this semester, you should already have, like, all your college classes that you want to take by mm-hmm. it, well, spring, fall, whenever you go. Yeah. Um, Already selected, so I don't think it really matters. That's dope. Yeah. Ah, uh, what it's like to be in high school again. Oh, man. It's been too long. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to stay... A- Far yeah. away from this possible. <laughs> I was like, you probably, <laughs> you probably don't miss it. Uh, I miss the people. Uh, other than that, I don't really miss high school classes or anything like that at all. Yeah. Some of the teachers were cool, but um, that's about it. Um, but enough about high school. We all are loving our Zoom university. Um, <laughs> back yeah. to the rewind, guys. Like we said, it's been a couple weeks, quite a few. Um, partially my fault, so I do apologize for that. Uh, we have been taking a bit of a break because. Things have been getting a little hectic, obviously, for, as you guys know, Av Youth. There's just been a lot of uh, coming back uh, oh, yeah. from break. And obviously, there's a lot of you guys that couldn't couldn't uh, come out and film the Rewind. Some of you guys could. And so today, now we have just me and David Clute, which is kind of yep. cool because next week, we got you back on the Rewind again. 
which is going to be a fun time. News to me, but it sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a good, good time for sure. Um, But other than that, guys, we're going to hop into this week's question. And it's kind of convenient because David was actually the one that spoke, like I said earlier. Um, He's going to be the one uh, to kind of get maybe a little deeper perspective of what he was trying to say, uh, what he did say, and what he wanted to say, but he just didn't Mm -hmm. have time for it. Um, So I think it's going to be a really, really good, um, I I was almost said message, but I think it's going to be a really good um, episode today. So let me go grab my notes and I'm going to expose how garbage the message was (laughs) to everybody. It was pretty trash. I'm just kidding. It wasn't bad at all. It was really good. So I think one thing that maybe your biggest takeaway was obviously your main idea uh, when you said that the devil takes no days off. So why should we? What is one thing if you could that you would like to add to that? Oh man, um, on the spot. I know. Um, yeah, normally you give you give me some time. <laughs> um, probably, probably just the whole idea of, well, just hard work in general. Like when when you think of, um, anything that you do that you want to succeed at, um, I you you try your hardest and you you get better at your craft. So. I feel like a lot of times that whole idea switches when we, when it comes to our Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you know, say I, I have a lot of buddies who, who lift and are so super serious about football and stuff like that. So they take that one week off of lifting, trying hard football, all that stuff. And that they come back the next week and they're struggling. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to come back. But why I, I, I feel like a lot of it is different when we look at it in a Christian life. But I don't think it should be because you look at it, you stop studying your Bible, you stop praying to God. How are we going to expect to fight off against the devil's schemes? Because like that says, he takes no days off. He's always trying to get in your head. He's always trying to control you. So I, I feel like we should just look at it as a as a normal thing of, you know what? I know I'm going to get attacked. Let's not act like we're going to be surprised by it mm-hmm. because he's always there. He's always trying to get in your head. Um, but let's at- let's attack it in a different mindset and uh, let's go into it knowing that we're going to be attacked and be challenged, but be ready for it this time. Yeah, I think one thing too that I would add even to that uh, that statement is that the devil takes no days off, why, so why should we? I think it's funny because there's often times in our lives where we think that uh, we've conquered something just because it's been a while um, and we mm-hmm. think it won't come back up again. But instead, I think that's right when the devil thinks, hey, it's been a while. Yeah. Kind of put your guard away for this. Right. Um, and you kind of put yourself in these situations that you had no business being in in the first place. And I think that's um, those are the things that it comes to that, that first no. And um, it's funny because you guys know Charlie Bacar. Um, but Charlie Bacar is actually technically my boss as well. So when I get to talk to him and staff, he went over a Devo talking about taking the first no and basically putting up that first step where we say no to sin the first time, the first opportunity we get, uh, whatever it may be that presents itself. That first no is probably the most influential and the most critical decision that we make because that's going to determine where we end up in the future. And I think it's funny because it ties in perfectly with the story you talked about with David and Bathsheba because David, his first no was not going to war when he should have been. That was his first no. He was his first sense of complacency. And there's no way on his palace, in his palace that he's lived in for a minute 
that he, it's been the first time of him seeing Bathsheba. Yeah, that's true. You know I mean, there's no way. And a lot of biblical scholars would even say that he knew that she was there. Yeah. Each and every time. And she must have known too, because if you look at it, why is she taking a bath on a balcony? Oh, yeah. And the fact that he's on his roof yeah. of his palace, like, why is this fool all of a sudden deciding, you know what? Let's go, I'm going to go up to my roof, like, right now. Like, midday. Midday. You know? Like, he yeah. knows. They both yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're perfectly planned for sure. But the first no was not going out to war. He decided, no, I'm not going to go because I have this already in mind. It mm-hmm. starts off with one thought. And if we feed into it more and more, it's going to consume us. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where it all starts. I think you hit that perfectly as well. Obviously, put it in, in your own perspective, too. Um, because obviously there's a lot, so much to that story that we can right. take apart yeah, 100%. and take out. Um, I think one thing that I really liked, uh, too, um, by the way, I have to ask real quick before we get into this next question for point three, you said, get the high ground. Yeah. Were you thinking of star Wars? Cause when I read your notes and put them mm. in slides, I immediately <laughs> thought of like star Wars episode three. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> I wasn't. And I did it come to mind at any point? So the funny thing is I go over to my my friend Megan Mm -hmm. who came out to support and shout out. Yeah, shout out Megan. Props to her. She goes and Reed. Reed comes up to me and Reed. And he goes, you forgot to mention Star Wars. (laughs) And I go, wait, what? And he goes, you forgot to mention Star Wars. Like, get the high ground. And as soon as you said that, I have faced straight to. To forehead i was like oh my gosh your face now, went straight to your forehead uh, or your oh, face immediately <laughs> hand, head, my head palm, read. palm yeah <laughs> palm to forehead i was like oh man i can't i don't know if i can call myself a star wars fan anymore i don't think you can i don't think i can because i was honestly I, thinking you were going to go that way with the story too oh man i wish i would have <laughs> now now that i now that i look back the, obviously in the moment during the moment especially when i was writing it um i was already thinking harry potter so Ooh. yeah whatever. did you see my thumbs down by the way i did i did <laughs> see your thumbs down um but i was already thinking harry potter um so when when my mind is in one area for something already trying to connect two different ideas together right um that i just something about bringing in a whole nother story into it um, just didn't connect in my mind. And I'm I'm a little upset. I'm upset with myself. I call myself a Star Wars fan. I don't know if I can anymore. Nah. Um, but ask me any other day, I guarantee you said get the high ground, would have thought battle scene, Obi-Wan, Anakin, episode three. Well, now we know, guys. I'm the true <laughs> Star Wars fan. I'm just yeah. kidding. John would, John would tell otherwise. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I want to know one last thing, um, just pertaining to these notes that I have so far. What made you think about basically your testimony when it came to to the fear you had, and changing that and having seeing God change that into victory? What was like your what was your first response of just hearing that? Because obviously, like when when you're in church, you hear that God can. God can give us victory through Christ, right? But what was your first immediate reaction? And then how did you feel after you actually experienced that victory through the cross? Wow. Um, 
experiencing victory. Well, I feel like at first when you walk through Christianity and, and coming from a, the dark hole that I was in, I feel like anything better and in, in, in my mindset at that time, anything better than I was at that point, mentally, physically, whatever was a victory. Mm-hmm. And not only did I get that little bit, but I, I felt it when I felt it when I got baptized August 28th, 2018. I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get baptized. I wasn't thinking much of it at the time. But it was just something different about getting my head out of that water, looking up at everybody cheering for me, and me just wanting to burst out in tears knowing that I made the greatest decision I just made ever in my life and that was my victory and ever since then I felt like PJ um, Pastor Jim always talks about there's certain things that you just never as soon as you turn to a Christian lifestyle there's certain things you never come back to and I feel like fear and that dark hole I was in was something immediately that that came out and and no longer was part of who I was. And I feel like that was my sense of victory. And that was my feeling of weight off my chest. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's super good. I think one thing that even just came to my mind when you were when you were preaching is like that fear, ultimately, we have at least for me, when I was when I wasn't a Christian, I had this big the biggest fear, even from being a little kid and hearing about uh hearing about what hell is, it's like I had the biggest fear of dying. Because I did not know where I was going to go. I did not know what was going to happen. And I couldn't wrap my head around, oh, it's just black. Like, I thought about it, and I pondered on it, and I sat there, and I was like, oh, I could believe that. But it just felt so weird. Like, there's just no way. And I, I was like, that's it? Like, there's nothing more to life? And it's funny because we always say that, but I feel like I genuinely was so concerned. Like, I was like, there's no way. Like, there has to be something more. And what's funny is when you were talking about fear – I immediately thought of the fear of dying mm-hmm. and it's so crazy because even for yourself, you had suicidal thoughts, you know what yeah. I mean? And I've been in that, in that boat too. And I, I don't want to say I've struggled with it for a long time because it hasn't been a, a long time or even a big season of my life at all. But I think that in those moments, it's like we become still afraid. Oh, absolutely. Of dying. Like we still become afraid of death. You know what I mean? Like, to look death in the face, we still are afraid. And I think what we get in victory with Christ, there's no more fear Absolutely. of death in that sense. You know what I mean? Because we know we can experience eternal life with him. And I think, personally, this is just something that I've noticed in my life. When that transition for me happened, when I became Christian, there was no more questions about death. Yeah. It was just, there's two spots. Mm-hmm. And I know what Christ has done for me and I know where I get to go. Not because of what I've done, but all because of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that was a good point you brought up because, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever had suicidal thoughts or anything like that, but pretty much something that's running throughout your mind the entire time is, I've, I don't want to be here. Like this situation I'm in right now, cannot be worse than death and just feeling that whole thought be uplifted from it from you and and just completely eradicated from your mind completely 
is possibly one of the greatest victories that I would say. Obviously, other than accepting Christ in my life, but I wouldn't have gotten that victory of getting that thought out of my head without accepting Christ Mm. in my life. Yeah, and I think one thing, too, um, that I remember even from high school, uh, it's funny how we're going back to that now, but one thing I remember from high school is that you'd go to all these, like, certain assemblies i want to i guess you can call them um and you'd all get together and learn about suicide prevention and i think what's crazy right now is that we're starting to realize the importance of community and people um i have a buddy of mine who just had COVID. And he was like he was telling me like yeah dude like you know i just i miss people and i miss people so much i never realized how important community is we always say it he's like but i really got to see it um and i think one of the craziest times that we're living in I feel like there's so many people that are just silent still. And I'm not saying, oh, just speak up. Speak up, but also know that there is hope. It's not just, hey, tell me your thoughts and how you're feeling, but know that there's hope and there's hope in Christ alone. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think the biggest, uh, the biggest influence on our life can be the media we consume. And Charlie talked about this obviously two weeks ago. Um, the media we consume is so important and, and it plays a vital role um, on basically our lives. Yeah. But if we're not consuming anything positive and we're just experiencing everything that's negative, we're going to think that there's nothing good about this world. Yeah. And truthfully, the only thing that is good is Christ. You know right. what I mean? The only thing that is good is Christ. And it's laid out in the Bible to tell us that Christ is good and no one else is. Mm-hmm. And so when we understand that, it's like, oh, wow, like, I don't expect anything else from anybody. Yeah. I expect them to be to be wicked. Just like just like the Bible says that every heart is. Like, oh, this makes sense. Like, it doesn't mean I'm okay with it. It doesn't mean that they're like that action is justified. It still hurts, but you know, like that's a wicked person. Right. What? Now now you're not fighting for for you to be a good person or for you to live a quote unquote happy life. Now you're fighting for change in other people's life and for Jesus to bring change upon people's life which is something that is obtainable and something that that hope that people need that they just don't realize that they need yeah and i think when they're in the moment of of suicide um like for me when i was in high school i went through a moment where i I thought that and i thought this is this is it and it's like i look back on it it's like why like there's going to be hard times in life and that's okay but when you feel like no one's in your corner, that's where it gets like that. Yeah. That's where it gets overwhelming. Yeah. But I think that's why Jesus doesn't expect us to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He doesn't tell us that you need to figure all this stuff out and then come to me. It's like, no, you can come to me anytime you want. I'm here and I'm here for a reason. And I'm here for your benefit. I'm here for your salvation. And I'm not here to just be a genie but I'm here to to bring you the peace that, that you're looking for in the storm. Right. Um, and I think that's I think that's why Christianity is so vital in our life. Um, when we look at certain storms of a Christian life like that we face, it's like, and this is to mainly to the Christians right now, it's like when you're Christian and you have that peace in the middle of the storm, it's unexplainable. That's Christ. There's, there's yep. no other explanation for it. Right. It's like you could be going through the worst season of your life, but you could be knowing that, you know, Christ is still on the throne. You know, he's still king and, and w- no matter what happens, like he's still good. When you can recognize that in the middle of the storm, nothing else even matters anymore. Right. Um, 
one thing that you you brought up is that whole idea of like why you know like i've had those moments in my life where i'm like why did i go through that yeah. like I, I look back at it and yeah it was one of the toughest times in my life but i look back at it and i don't think it's anything i that should have consumed me as much as it did but that's me looking at it from a somebody who is now found in Christ. Yeah. Looking at somebody who was lost. Yeah. And thinking about why. Now I know why. I know why because I was able to tell it to you guys and talk about it and be able to relate to people who might be going through that certain thing and to show them this my solution and to show them what where I am now found and what got me out of that dark place and use that as my testimony, use that as our powerful tool to relate to people who are lost, who are looking for an answer, and the answer that we have now found as Christians, and um, us able to give them that answer through our testimony. So if you if you are ever thinking about that, like, why? Why did I go through that tough part of my life? Now, now with Jesus, hopefully, in your life, you will now be able to look back at it and go, you know what, thank God that I went through that. It sucked in the moment, but now I'm able to save people with my story. Yeah, and I think the the greatest the greatest tool that God gives us is obviously his word, but then our testimony. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he's, he's brought us out of death and brought us into life. Like, that's a miracle in and of itself. And when we get to truly see that for people's lives and see transformation and it it's inspiring and it, and it really points back to um, and it's funny because when you hear about stories of testimonies, you don't look at that person and say, wow, that person did such a good job. No, they didn't. They were helpless. They were hopeless. But Christ did the good work. Yeah. And I think I keep saying I think, which I don't know why I keep saying that, but I think <laughs> I think the coolest part about that is that there's no one else to answer to other than it was Christ. Christ did this. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it myself. It doesn't give me hope for myself to do it alone anymore. Some of those things to your testimony, there's no hope for them to do something alone anymore. There's hope in one person, and that's Christ. Yep. Yep. And I think inadvertently that testimony alone just shows how we can have hope in just Christ. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Yep. So, I have one more question, though. All right. So, what do you think about First Peter five eight? Um, what what directly are you asking for when it says to stay alert and know your enemy? Um, I think it's one of the most wise things you can do. <laughs> Like, how are you, my, my automatically when you talk about enemy, right? Mm -hmm. I am automatically go to some sort of battle and how are you going to win a battle when you don't know what your enemy's plan is? How are you planning to stay alert without knowing what your enemy is going to do? So that verse I think is so powerful because you know what? We have to stay alert. Now that we know, it just says, know your enemy. Now we know our enemy. We know his schemes. We know that his schemes are not greater than what God can do in our lives. 
and we know that every victory is won through Jesus. So we got to stay alert and keep it as simple as allow Jesus to win the battle through you. What's funny about what you said is I only said this to set you up to talk about the escape room. Um, the oh, whole reason oh, why, because <laughs> knowing your, and no, it's not that you didn't, not that you didn't say what I wanted you to say. You actually did for the main reason of how can you win a battle that you don't know your enemy? Yeah. Okay. So if you guys didn't know, David did say <laughs> oh my, that this yeah, guy let's, let's last talk night. About this. Yeah. Let's go into depth on this right now. David said last night about the escape, the escape room that we did for his birthday. Uh, the guy was, uh, blind yeah. oh, no no you yeah. said he was uh you said he was deaf oh, last night on accident oh yeah <laughs> okay well yeah he's but, but he, he's the guy's blind. blind right the guy is pretending to be a blind doctor and we're having to escape out of his like dungeon in a sense right and so while we're doing this escape room it's funny because we walk in and we have to be quiet and we hear that we know that now and it's super eerie but no one thinks that if this guy can't see me, what if I make a noise from across the room? Nobody thinks that. Nobody thought. Nobody thought about that, except for David. <laughs> as soon as he walked in, he thought, "Oh, maybe we can just make some noise somewhere else, and he'll run that way," because <laughs> he technically is blind. As soon as he walks in and gets sees the guy for the first time, the character, the doctor, that goes out the window. <laughs> Doesn't think of that anymore. <laughs> so much so. That this guy's running at us in oh, this yeah. little tiny room. Oh, yeah. And no one thinks to throw something oh, yeah. across the room to get this guy to get away from us. Because he can't see us. He can only hear us. So if he hears a noise from across the room where we're not at, where must he go? To that noise. The noise, yeah. And so I think it's so important when we get to know our enemy that we get to understand. And when we, when we really think about it, we get to understand this battle may be easier than we think. Yeah. I yeah. I I think I think we need to ultimately I mean when you when you bring that up ultimately what's going in through our minds when we're walking in mainly okay, we walk into this room. It is the Give them the whole story, bro. I, I'm not going to give them the whole story. <laughs> I could talk for hours, dude. We walk into this room. And it's possibly one of the creepiest rooms you've I've ever been in my life. There's almost nothing in it, and we're told we have to find clues and escape. And I just see, I look over, we're, we're on the, we're trying to figure out a clue, and I look over at Charlie, and his eyes open wide, wide, and he looks at all of us, and he points at a wall, and the wall creaks open, and the guy starts stepping out. Everything that we talked about beforehand out the window because we panicked. And I feel like ultimately we just need to stay calm when it comes to fighting against the enemy and his schemes. Because we know what he's going to do. He he does the same thing every time. He doesn't overcomplicate it. He's very simple. We actually allow him in and make our lives harder on ourselves. So when we see an opportunity to open the door for him, we should just stay calm, stay alert, be able to see that and notice, hey, if I do this right now, I will be opening the door for the devil to push me further and further into my sin and push me to a place where I never wanted to be. 
So I'm going to decide not to do that. I'm going to stay calm. I'm going to stay alert. I'm going to know that the devil is waiting for me to do that. So instead, I'm going to, I'm going to choose what Jesus would want me to do in that moment. And it's just as simple as that. Yeah, and I think that, uh, that it does get pretty simple the more we learn the word. And that's what's set up for next week because I'm going to be speaking and it's kind of what I'm talking about. You'll learn more there because I'm greedy and I don't want you to know now. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. No, it's basically long story short, read your Bible. Um, but yeah. now I want to talk about the escape room real quick. Cause I want to talk about yeah. what the biggest detail that you wish you would have said oh. about the escape room in the, in that message. Okay. Well, first off, um, so at the time of me writing this message, I, I, I had an accumulation of thoughts, uh, for months and I had them on my notes on my phone, and I finally, a couple weeks ago, decided, you know what, before I even knew that we were going to do this series, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write this message, and I'm not going to expect to get a time soon to be able to speak it, but I'm going to have it ready for whenever that time may come. And um, it's funny because after we did this escape room, I legit said in the car, you know what's funny is because we can look back at this, and this will be one of the funny stories we use in, in, a in, in a sermon or a message. So stupid. <laughs> and as I'm writing, as I'm writing. I totally forgot about it's that. It's crazy because as I'm writing this the message. first message after the escape room. Oh, man. All right, guys. So we're to the escape room. <laughs> Welcome to Pastors 101. It's so funny because I'm like, this works so perfectly. And because I was, I was genuinely so scared after this escape room. I thought it was all over. We had a good night. We played some board games afterwards. And they, um, well, this, this guy and Benny G ended up spending the night. And, and I hear David at four o'clock in the morning say, I can't sleep. I dude. can't sleep. Dude, and I'm, I'm sitting there, eyes closed, blanket. I feel that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it was horrible like i couldn't sleep i was doing the like i'm the only room upstairs in my house so realistic and man my window has no alarm system it's the only window without an alarm system yeah because someone's gonna because someone's gonna break in well, that, that's two not story ladder that's climb not, up on the roof and then break the into your window <laughs> that's not the logic going through my head <laughs> in the moment but Oh man, I I couldn't I couldn't sleep. It was horrible. I I'm like go I'm cre- I'm like creeping around corners, like checking every little corner, making sure no one's there, turning on every light I need to, taking way more steps in between destinations, sprinting, you know, like th- doing doing all that extra stuff. You burn more calories in the past week from the escape room than you did in your past month <laughs> of workout. Um. But you said there's a moment, a specific moment you wi- I I wish I wanted to talk about. I'm gonna assume it's this one. Um, but basically, you you kind kind of have to map out the room to kind of give you an idea of what it is. So we're we walk in. I can give them an illustration on screen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll give them. I'll talk over it then. Okay. You walk in and you get this big room, right? And off to the side, you get a little tiny hallway. Think of like a kitchen island, not any bigger than that, right? And then attached to that room, there's another small, longer room. Um, And basically, this whole escape room, you're doing um, puzzles going from room to room to room. So you're going back to the first room to 
to find out something that you need to unlock in the second in the third room that you get to and and it's a whole bunch of running around realistically plus also watching out for this guy because that's a whole nother element added to it that you weren't expecting in the first place um and i'll let i'll let you talk about the beginning before we even start about the escape room um but basically we we're going right and we're coming back from the small skinny room into the hallway in the little tiny hallway and we have to get back to the main room Benny G decided to take <laughs> take the lead. Take the lead in this one. Like a brave, brave young man. Yeah, the brave soul that he is. <laughs> and he so he gets the door. This door is the cre- cre- creakiest door <laughs> you can ever have. Like everything you can think of just made noise in this place. In in the last room as you open the door, there's a bell hanging from the roof. Oh, that was so So you annoying. hit the bell every time, so there's just the more noise, right? Scared the heck out of me. Yeah, dude. so we're trying to not hit the bell. We're all creeping through. We're all waiting for Benny G to say the coast is clear. But some people didn't get the memo. Me and Aubrey at the back, and Benny G is looking, looking around the first room. He doesn't see anything. He thinks we're good. He turns back around, and... Oh, man, how how can I get you to picture this? So we are coming. If you come out the door, immediately to your left, there's a phone booth. Mm. But Benny G decides not to check that first. He checks that last. I wish we had animation right now because this (laughs) would be so lit to have someone animate this. Dude, oh, my gosh. Uh, I swear you – I I told Robert afterwards, I was like, dude, we should have brought the GoPro. We should have filmed this. This Um, is comedy. Hey, Av, just so you know, may or may not see it an escape room in the future on on uh, av story or sorry av youtube i'm Continue. so down um but the there's a telephone booth off to the left and he decides to check it last he goes he goes and checks everything else in the room and finally turns around and looks at the telephone booth the dude is standing in the telephone booth waiting for us to come out of that room and benny g of course we see his light eyes light up again and he's trying to like signal to us like don't come in here. Like, get out. I like how he's saying, "Don't come in here." But where else are we gonna get? Where else are we gonna go? Get trapped and get cornered? Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't make sense. <laughs> the in logic the in the moment is crazy. It didn't make sense in the moment. But when he says that, everybody else. So who? It was you, Charlie, and Reyna are already in the room with him. And me and Aubrey are stuck in this little tiny tiny room now because we saw Benny G don't say, "Don't come in." The door slams shut, right, into that room. And the guy's obviously blind, so he's going to that door. And now me and Aubrey panic. <laughs> we have no idea what to do. And we're stuck in this corner of this room. Aubrey's, like, burrowing behind me because ultimately I think in this moment she's thinking, if anybody's going to be taken, it's going to be you over me. <laughs> so I decide, you know what, I'll take one for the team. I'll, like... We're stuck in this little tiny corner, and he comes in the room, and he starts breathing down my neck. Obviously, he's not actually blind. Like, he can see. He's just wearing a mask and playing a blind character, so he's messing with us. And he sees us, and he's breathing down our necks. And <laughs> it was horrible. It was so creepy, grunting everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making eye contact with this creepy mask. Eye contact with a blind man. Yeah, and then How does that uh, work? I don't know, dude. 
um, <laughs> nothing made sense in that moment. But little long story short, he goes um, back into the main room where the other four are, and I decide, all right, let's take space. It makes sense, right? Let's not stay in this little tiny room. So we go back into the room with the bell because we think, you know what, it's probably more space smarter to go in there. All we hear is a whole bunch of bangs. So you can take you can take over from here. So while they're in that room and they hear a bunch of bangs, this guy, obviously he's not blind, but he's playing a blind character. What he starts doing is he immediately turns his head, looks at me, and goes, and I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and all of a sudden, bolts at me. He... At me, straight at me, and I'm like, oh, I'm moving out of the way. I'm getting like all kinds of crazy, and I'm like freaking out. No one's screaming, by the way, because we have this immediate fear that if we say anything, it's over, it's done. Oh, by the way, yeah, I forgot the intro of this. When we were, when we first got there, yeah, we're in the middle of Pomona, downtown Pomona. Listen, no offense to anyone who lives in Pomona, we love Pomona, great city, all right, but this is pretty sketch for me. I'm in a random place I've never been before, been before in my life. And for whatever reason, we pull up right where the address takes us. We're on the middle of a, of a busy street, of a side street, with a what looks to be an old abandoned hotel. And you look at this room like, what kind of old business was this? This used to look like a doctor's office or something. And you look at the front door and it says these rules. And all of a sudden, we start reading the rules and there's scary music that starts playing out of an old-looking speaker. <laughs> it looks like this place has been abandoned for years. Okay. Next thing you know, we're reading the rules and all of a sudden, boom, right on the door. Oh, my gosh, oh, dude. Well, no, and, not yet. That's yeah, not, that was the well, one of no, the first the things. the envelope. And then there was an envelope that fell through this little mail slot. That says, read the rules out loud in red, okay? When I see red, I don't think anything good. I just remember <laughs> getting Fs in school, okay? So when I see red, I'm thinking someone's going to kill me, either this guy or my dad because I'm getting bad grades. So that's immediately what I correlate with red. Next thing I know, I see, boom, and we're reading the rules, and just keep, the guy keeps hitting it. Then he shows his face, and then this nasty mask. I swear, that was disgusting. Anyways, closes it, and then he, we're reading the rest of the rules. Then he drops a key through the mail slot and we think what are we doing <laughs> so what is going on so they <laughs> i'm one, the one, of, one i'm of the, the one who who chose the room the worst part is is that one of the rules says that this fool has a syringe and we have to dodge if he makes a <laughs> bolt at us so now you're caught up to speed you're I'm, caught up to speed i'm the one who chose the room so in this moment they're all looking at me going what did you just get us into? I thought for sure I was going to die. And I had no clue because I'd never done an escape room like this. I've done escape room where I was like, oh, puzzle, solve it. Oh, puzzle, solve it. But nothing even close to it like this. And I I immediately felt so bad. I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to get us into it. But, well, I mean, we paid for it, so we're going to do it. Well, technically, I didn't pay for it. So as I walked in, I almost said, I can't do this. As soon as I walked in, I was like, dude, there's no way I can do this. I want to walk out of this room right now. I cannot be here. Yeah. And uh, another thing, if you've done escape rooms before, you would know that as soon as you, like, it's not, you don't automatically go into it. Like with it being Off an escape the street. Room. There's normally a lobby. There's normally somebody who greets you, tells you all the rules, 
And then, well, now that's COVID. They make you make sure you wear your mask. They make sure you put all your stuff in a locker. That way you don't have your phone on you and stuff like that. And then they take you to your room. They tell you the story, what the room was about. Then they let you in and set you loose. They are either talking to you on a walkie-talkie or whatever. We don't get none of that. Like like Robert just said, we got greeted on the side of the street. Not even really greeted. It wasn't a very nice greeting. Um, and then we get the keys, and we have to let ourselves in. We come in. Clearly, the guy who was banging on the other side of the door is no longer there. But and we're still creeping around the door. Yeah, like we're hiding. still creeping. Like, what just happened? And we're still recovering from what just happened. And little do you know, door. we shut the door. And we get greeted by this little creepy doll. Creepy doll in a cage. With a radio. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. You might have the... the, Yeah, you would have the picture, so you can put that on... You could probably put that on screen. That picture's awful. Oh, it's it's terrible quality, but you'll see just it. Just so you guys know, we shot an iPhone 12. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but... So, yeah, that was the very beginning. We needed to preface that. But... So, they're, he's charging at them. And I'm just hearing... Because me and Aubrey are in the other room, we're hearing thud after thud after thud after thud, and <laughs> and it's crazy. To, I I'm amazed how we didn't scream. I'm amazed how we didn't let out even a little peep when we were scared out of our minds. Because I think it became so real to us, hundred percent, that we're like, oh, like we could, like oh, Rob thought he was gonna die. I for real thought I was gonna die. In that moment, I don't think I was thought I was going to die, but I didn't think I would be okay if I, I spoke up. Oh, we get it. You're more brave than Rob. Well, okay. no, I don't think. I, it's just <laughs> well, at least I'm having nightmares for the next two days. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just I've done an escape room before, so I'm like, well, well, I've done I've done that specific company before. That's the thing, too, is so, that I never went on the website. I never signed myself yeah. up. So it's like thinking about walking into this random place without ever signing up or anything. You just sit there and you think, what kind of bootleg website was this full <laughs> on yeah. that got us into a murder scene? Yeah. And the thing is, I've done one of this company's escape rooms before so i and i we came out alive like we none of us were injured or harmed or anything like that so i knew we would be okay technically i got a paper cut but it's okay <laughs> that is not anybody's fault other than your own <laughs> but but okay back to the story we're hearing banging in this room and me and i were like what is going on and we're hearing grunting from the dude and apparently Charlie kicked over this little tiny table. Yeah, Charlie got scared and he ran out of the way, but he while he did that, he like Yeah, he like took a table this, with him. <laughs> yeah, he took this little table that had the hand sanitizer on it and everything. So yeah. It was um, funny. But long story short, after he's done charging, he ends up coming back through instead of just going out the room he came in, or uh, back through the first door he came through, he decides, let's go through the other rooms oh yeah that's what's crazy you guys came back and this full cut okay so this is this is another part that's crazy we really believed he only had one entrance but there was two. Oh yeah so they came back to meet us in the room and he goes where they were at he goes where they were trapped we were they were in a corner somehow hops over this little tall fence divider thing and gets back behind scenes it's like bro what yeah, we were so lost. Um, but yeah, so we're you. I gotta map out this room now. 
So he's coming back through the room. I told you it's the room with the bell, right? He comes through this room. He comes in the room and shuts the door and locks it behind him. So it's me, Aubrey, this dude, and door with a bell that has a lock. <laughs> and we're like, oh, now what do we do? Um, this basically, you don't need to know anything other about this room other than there's like a long table in the middle of it. Think of like a chiropractor's table or like some long table you'd see at some sort of doctor's office, um, in, in the middle of it. And we're standing on the opposite side of it from the entrance and we're just waiting for him to make a move either to, a, a certain side um, so that way we can go to the opposite side. He chooses a side where we're like kind of slowly shuffling, not making any noise at this point. Um, and he does this quick, like, huh? thing. Huh? And, and he, he like huh? quickly huh? turns his, <laughs> he quickly turns his head and slams down on the table in front of us and like pushes it a little bit towards us. And me and Aubrey like jump. That, once again, don't know how we didn't scream this entire time. I say, you know what? Gotta get out of this room. Like, I'm not about to go. I decide, you know what? Forget the whole being silent thing. I op- I go over, I sprint over to the door, unlock it, swing it open, and me and Aubrey end up sprinting it back to the first room. But, man, that was, this. the experience was on another level. Um, I think there's, insane. I think there is one last big moment that I think you should explain because I never saw it. Um, it was in the elevator. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we part of the escape room, you have to go in this elevator and this elevator closes and it's got like these, think about like you're stepping into like the twilight zone, like tower of terror, like kind of vibe. It's pretty freaky, and you step in there, and you're just like, what is going on? There's no seats or anything like that. It's just an empty elevator. Um, but you really think, with all these noises going on that they have through the speakers, that there's like going to be some kind of person that just can pry themselves open into this elevator. And part of that illusion is a two-way mirror connecting the elevator and the outside of the escape room, or the room, the bigger room, the main room, uh, outside of the elevator which is the main room of the escape room as you're there in this elevator this guy's a flashlight with a two-way mirror think about like the av room if i put a flashlight and i'm really close to the like window you can see right through it's a two-way mirror this fool gets a flashlight goes up to the mirror and turns it on and everyone's trying to figure out these like certain clues there's two different tasks in there that we have to do and I'm looking around, looking around. All of a sudden, I see this mirror. And I saw it. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, oh, that mirror's kind of weird. Like, maybe there's, maybe it opens. Nope. Immediately, boom. This guy's face just lights up in there. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, and I don't want to talk. <laughs> I don't want to talk because I keep thinking that if I were to be loud, if I were to talk, if I'm going to scream, this fool, uh, again, just like he was chasing us before, he's going to pry open the doors and break through the freaking mirror that I'm looking at. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? So next thing I know, I'm like, I'm tapping Charlie, and he's, he's getting all mad. Like, what are you tapping me for? I'm like, look at the mirror. And he's like, I don't see it. And nobody saw it. 
I think Charlie might have seen it once. And I was like, bro, we got to get the heck out of here, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I was so concerned. And time was moving so slow in that elevator. Mm-hmm. I was freaking out. Longest. So escape rooms normally are about an hour. Longest. 56 we we completed it somehow in 54 somehow, minutes 54 minutes of my life longest 54 minutes of 100%. my life but the whole idea behind that he told us afterwards he afterwards he came up to us and he and he talked to us and and and, and not out of costume which was you know, good. like a normal person or else I would have punched uh, him. <laughs> but he told us that he does that to make everybody else think that he's the person who saw him is crazy yep so none of us saw him other than Robert. So Robert's like trying to convince us that he saw this guy in the elevator and we're all going like, dude, you're crazy. Like, like, what are you talking? It's a mirror. Like, what are you talking about? You saw someone. I in remember the going up to her and I was like, he's in the mirror. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like, at that point we were giving each other so much sass. Cause I we think were, we're all so mad at each other. <sighs> we just wanted to get out. Well, yeah, no, there's no way. Like, I've never wanted to – normally with an escape room, you don't want to get out super quick because if you do, you're like, oh, I paid for an hour. Like, that was a super easy escape room if I got out in, like, 20 minutes. You know, it's better when you're, like, time's running out. You got five minutes left. Let's get the, get these puzzles left. Like, we're so close, right? But this one you wanted to get out. I didn't want to be in it anymore. Like, get me out of it. I think that's kind of cool. They did a really good job on that. No, it, 100%. all in all, great escape room, great storyline to it, and super freaky, but super immersive. Would I do it again? Maybe. I don't know. I think I would. Want to know why? Because I know my enemy. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that for next week when we see you guys in service, because that's going to be important to know your enemy but thanks david for joining me on the rewind today thank you it was fun it's fun and we will catch you guys on the next episode of the rewind later dudes later